Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Casey has killed four people. Uh, Rip has killed two people. And Lloyd killed Fred. What's seven murders? All things considered. Hey, y'all, it's Addison Haker here. You're listening to the Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone podcast. And today I'm here with co-host Billy Dukes. Billy, this was the last episode of season one of Yellowstone. What was the major takeaway that we just need to really, like, if anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. took away from this episode, what would be the one thing, like the big heavy hitter? Well, there was one thing, no doubt about it. And I'm going to tell you, it, it wasn't Dan Jenkins swinging from the tree. Uh, It it wasn't Beth's emotional meltdown, although that was important. It's not Rip hitting the strip club in search of good help, which was curious, (laughs) I feel like. And it wasn't the governor asking John Dutton to resign either. To me, the big takeaway from episode nine of season one is Jamie's decision to speak with the reporter, Sarah. And remember, it's Jamie, Sarah, and Christina in that room as he decides to open up about his family's history. Uh, and also remember, Sarah has that girlfriend back home. Interesting. Okay. Well, before we dive into that, I just wanted to, if anyone's listening and they've been listening for a while, you might be wondering, okay, wait, y'all, what happened to the trivia? So trivia is still happening. Don't you worry. But we're going to now put that at the end of our podcast. So you will get an affirmation potentially from Billy Dukes that is still all staying, <laughs> but we're just moving it towards the end. We're going to get to the heavy hitter of the actual Yellowstone episode on the front end this time around. Um, as always, staff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can email your thoughts on the episodes and all the things. It's a good trivia question this week, too. I'm a little nervous that we're going to give it away somewhere throughout the episode, but it's a risk I'll take. Should we start? So episode nine was the unraveling part two. And there's definitely, I have some points I want to get to. They're kind of all over the place. So I don't know if you want to start us off as a general summary of what happened. And then I can add my my moments where I went, what? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just like that. Okay. Uh, episode yeah, nine starts off with uh, back on the mountaintop. Rip had shot at the Mm -hmm. bear overnight. The bear got eaten by wolves. And we get Donnie Haskell, who's the sheriff. This is really his first introduction. We saw him the previous episode as well. But John Dutton realizes that the sheriff was hiding the gun casings that would have proved Rip's innocence. And he kind of wants to know why the sheriff's doing that. Interestingly, he doesn't really press the sheriff too hard on this. Although it seems Mm -hmm. to be a really, really big deal. Like, And even the DNR guy doesn't really make too big of a deal of it. Uh, pay attention to that because it leads to some big plot lines in season two. Uh, from there, we go to back to the Dutton ranch where um, Beth Dutton's assistant, Jamie, is vomiting off the porch after his night with Dan Jenkins' wife, which was kind of amusing. And uh, John tells Beth, go fire Jamie. Uh, he's done being yeah. the family attorney. They got to move on to find something else. And she gleefully goes to do that. There's some 
general kind of bunkhouse shenanigans going on throughout this episode. None of it is too, too important until the very end when uh, Walker and Beth are, are pressing each other up against the, the barn. <laughs> you, do you, you have thoughts on that? Do you? I have thoughts. I, I just didn't know. I didn't. I my mouth literally dropped open. I had no clue that that had ever happened. So you know what? Oh wait, can I? Can I? Can I keep going? Yeah, go ahead, real quick. Let's okay, so there. this is technically a little bit of a spoiler for anyone who didn't watch. Was it season four with her, with Beth and Walker in the bunk? And sorry, not the bunkhouse, the barn where he's serenading her. Right. Right. Okay, so yeah. that scene. It's, yeah, I think it was season four. Maybe not. But so that scene where he's consoling her, he's because she asks him to play something sad. So he's like, okay, I'll do it. You know, plays a, plays a sad song. And you see Rip kind of in the door frame, like the other barn or whatever. I don't know if he can't. He, I think he might have come out of the bunkhouse, actually. That is what he came out of. And he sees them and he gets upset. at That scene, now that I know that they had a little moment, like – to me, that takes on a different meaning than when I first watched it, having not watched season one. Are we to believe that Beth and Walker just kissed? Or are we led to believe that they kind of went all the way in, in that relationship? I mean, Yellowstone's not really shy about showing the sex scenes, but they just stops right. at a kiss uh, there. I think kiss. They don't normally <laughs> insinuate, like, if it happens, they're going to show it. Like, it. There's not many times that you're left like, ooh, did they? Did they not? You know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, just, I, I tend to I agree. I can't think of an example. I tend to agree. I, I, and I'm amazed that they both sort of stopped because it seemed like a pretty hot, steamy kiss. And both of them like just, I mean, what do they do? They just walk away, went back about their business. I don't, <laughs> I, I found that kind of kind of odd. Maybe they just had to cut it for time or something like that in the original scenes. Is there any, I got really passionate about that moment, but you were halfway through explaining the, the rest of episode nine. Well, I mentioned uh, Rip going to the strip club to kind of look for some good help. Mm -hmm. And he, he's got a plot to kind of smoke out the Dan Jenkins, Tom Rainwater plan that involves a uh, a bartender at the strip club, I think, although she might have done some dancing, whose name is Avery, who you may recognize if you're a longtime Yellowstone fan or if you just picked up in season four or season five. And I know we're going to talk to her in quite a bit. Um, there is a little bit of uh, John Dutton, Casey, and Monica drama at the end. It seems like Monica kind of realizes she's made a huge, huge mistake and taken her life in a bad direction. Casey, meanwhile, mm -hmm. has moved back into the bunkhouse, so he's now back on the Dutton property. John kind of welcomes him back, uh, and he decides to sleep. Well, he picks his bunk and kind of goes from there. He, he declines an offer to sleep in the house. He's going to sleep in the bunkhouse because he feels that's what a cowboy is. And then finally, the last scene is, well, not the last scene, second to last scene is Jamie agreeing to talk to the reporter who outs herself as a reporter and tells him, you know, you can get either on board as a source of this article or you're going to be named in this article. And then the mm -hmm. final scene is the cowboys kidnap Dan Jenkins and tie him up to a tree, put a lasso around his neck and the horse he's sitting on takes off. So we're led to believe he hangs to death. Now you're saying led to believe, does he end up, so I had no clue that that, that that had happened. I mean, I didn't really, I knew of Dan Jenkins, obviously watching now season one, but when we had previously talked during season four, yada, 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 like you had mentioned him, but obviously I never saw him. So yeah, I was, I did not realize they were, the Cowboys were the ones like they're the reason he's dead. 
but you said reason to believe. So, well, I, we always kind of get in. Don't. <laughs> no, it's definitely don't worry a worry about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely <laughs> okay. need to worry about it. I mean, okay. I think we tow this line here when we're sort of going back and recapping and reviewing like a series and a season that aired five years ago. Like, if you want to know, just search up IMDb and to see if Dan Jenkins is a part of season two. If he, he, I okay. think that's that's the best way to find out there. Uh, I won't give it away for everybody who's just joining us and is really fresh into season one. Um, but it's definitely a worry about it. He's a, he's his role is critical. I think what was important, I am a worry about it in general with the dynamics of uh, John and Sheriff Haskell was this was kind of the opening of the Dora to see that there's tension there, right? This is kind of like the first time that we say that like, oh man, there's going to be some, there, there's not a like-minded uh, uh, like forces, I guess maybe. Is right well, word. we really learn a lot about them in a short amount of time. We kind of learn that they've been longtime friends who have been allies, maybe even allies in some kind of business that is a little bit left of the law, even though he's Shady, the sheriff. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Maybe they're on the outs a little bit. John certainly doesn't approve of what he did to Rip. And the relationship, I mean, it has its ups and downs from here, I think. I mean, Sheriff Haskell sticks around for several seasons, and they do work together in some really important ways, um, even in the coming season or two. But they also have moments where there's some friction, and the sheriff's job as a lawman butts heads with John's seeming uh, willingness to go around the law in any way that benefits him. So it's kind of a curious relationship, but I think at the at the bottom of it, at the heart of it, I think they are friends. Interesting. I don't like. I don't think I would have necessarily gotten that from that episode, but well, no. But I mean, think ahead to what we see and how, and from season four or season five, and and, and the sheriff's yeah. kind of final scene on the series. Like that was a really a, sort of a tender scene, and you felt for John Dutton in that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's why I sort of say that. There must have been a friendship history. The past two episodes are definitely episodes where I, and I touched on it last episode, uh, the last podcast episode, that I really understand and see how Jamie, like, has this now kind of resentment. Like, why the relationship comes season four, season five, is the way and the reason that it is. I mean, the fact that John literally in this episode said, the only thing we have in common is our last name. If my parent or even sibling told me that, ooh, I mean that that is a very like damaging statement. A you know, yeah. And it yeah. <laughs> Are you satisfied with the amount that we know of their backstory that sort of is so, so sort of supposed to meant to justify where they're at now? I mean, right now they're at this breaking point where the relationship is unrepairable. And we've seen a little bit from the backstory that sort of explains it, but most of it has just been from the past several weeks within the Yellowstone. Like, are, are you satisfied with how they sort of explain that out to us at this point? No, because I think even the whole, oh gosh, season four with Jamie's actual dad coming back and all the above, that's when I, which I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler, but to your point of people at this point, people have already... Most likely seen season one, but a little bit of a spoiler. I, I know. Sorry, 
uh, I mean, not sorry, but yeah, anyways, uh, if you, <laughs> I don't even know if I can continue that. No, I can. Uh, I learned more in later seasons than I do in season one. Like I feel the knowledge I already had suffices what they're giving me now because I already knew. But if I was coming in brand new, I don't think I have enough to go off of like the understanding of why it ends up being the way it is. Yeah, the things that come next seem to be a byproduct of how we've gotten to the point we're at right now. It doesn't seem to necessarily be an extension of this sort of years or decade long sort of uh, battle of trust and loyalty. Uh, It seems like Mm -hmm. Jamie has been really loyal to the family in his way. And then John has Mm -hmm. been really selfish in his own ways. So, you know, we always go back and forth about whether or not we're team Jamie or not. But right now I'm team Jamie. I'm in team Jamie. Give me the T-shirt. Same. Uh, Same. But that's a very strong statement for me to make because I was not team Jamie in season four. And then the season five, the part A, (laughs) that's what we're calling it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I have a bit of a hot take. Ooh, okay. Dan Jenkins, with the exception of maybe Casey, Dan Jenkins is the most honest character on the show. <laughs> Not sure if you agree. Edit out my long silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm marinating on the thought, Billy. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess in the sense of like, we know exactly where he's, I mean, shady and all, like wrong and all. I mean, we do know where he's at. I just don't think he's a bad guy. He's a villain, but he's not a bad guy. Like the Duttons are kind of the bad guys. They're the ones running way outside the constraints, the confines of the law and, and you know, murder and, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Dan Jenkins is just, kind of trying to build his development and you might not like his what he stands for or who he is but like he's kind of just trying to be a businessman in America. Yeah. He hasn't killed anyone yet that I yeah. know of. No. Uh no, he hasn't. There wasn't. And you know another thing I noticed about Yellowstone is there's surprisingly few deaths in season 1 of Yellowstone. We have this in mind like it's this murderous show where like people are dying all the time. I added it up. I did a whole thing where I did a, a, a body count of season one of Yellowstone. Let me see what I can find here. Yellowstone total kills. Casey has cor- killed four people. Uh, Rip has killed two people. And Lloyd killed Fred. That's Is all that we have in season one. Now, we do have the two tourists who die. So I guess you got to throw those in there. But they weren't murdered. They were more just a result of an accident. But... What, four, five, six, just seven people in ten episodes. That's not that bloody of a bloody of a series, in my opinion. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. <laughs> What's seven murders? All things considered. <laughs> oh, no, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's nothing. 
Billy's got 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who hasn't killed seven people by this point in their lives? You know? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. I think this is, Billy, this is turning the wrong direction. Back, back on, uh, not to completely uh, subject change, but let's just talk about the fact that this episode, I learned that changing a horse's barn name is a bad thing. I didn't know that either. Do you think they made that, that superstition up? I don't know. Just I've never, that's never been a thought that's, but it's kind of like, is it, is it bad to change? Like, let's say I rescued a puppy and its name is whatever, George. Um, and I decide, no, you look more like a Garth. Like if I'm going with the country theme here, is that bad? No, because shelters oh. do it all the time. We rescued our dog from an animal, a golden retrieval rescue, and they had changed her name from Sophie to Cricket. Because they can only have one name, like one name per dog ever yeah. in their system. Yeah, yeah. And then we pretty uh, quickly changed it from Cricket to Daisy. Oh. And we have not yet been smote. <laughs> <laughs> no bad luck or anything no, I don't like think that. So. Yeah, interesting. Uh, staff at Taste of Country.com. If you have just, you know, grown up in the horse world or in the horse world now, whether that be ranching or even like equestrian, I would love to know, is it a superstition that it's bad? I guess we're talking about a yeah, to change the name of your horse. If you received it as a certain name, were you going to add something to that? Nope. I I was going to ask if we could talk about Avery now. Well, one thing I want to talk about before we get to Avery, because there was a moment, it's a very small moment. I just want to touch on it because I think it's a big deal. Up until now, Rip has called John. He's called him Mr. Dutton or John. No, Mr. Dutton. And this episode or sir, anything but John. In this episode, John tells him, John corrects him during one of his statements and he goes, call me john like this i feel like is a very big moment i even sometimes feel like this with i was as growing up in austin texas it's yes ma'am yes sir like i still yes ma'am you know mr i mean not yet i mean yeah yes yes ma'am and no sir whatever but it's mr and mrs whoever like mr hager whatever like i still will call my parents friends and whenever they like say you know hey it's Cheryl or something like that. Like it's a really big deal. So for me watching this, I was like, this was a really big deal that Mr. John Dutton, Mr. Dutton is letting him call him John. Just, just to a little footnote. I, I know you're very happy. I'm proud of Texas, but Texas isn't the only place where they have basic manners. Like I grew up in Michigan and I still oh, also I'm- refer to my parents <laughs> as Mr. And Mrs. You know, their friends as Mr. And Mrs. Such and such. It's not like Texas is this great state where, yeah, I mean, were you okay, feeling a little yeah, down yeah, on yeah. Texas that you need to plump plump the state up a little bit? But uh, to your general point, I agree. Okay, it seemed like a, an emotional mo- moment that sort of underscored what John thought thinks he's going through with the cancer and he's experiencing some pain mm-hmm. in the blood and, and the cancer coming back is what we're led to believe is happening at this point. Uh, and it also mm-hmm. lets Rip know that things are probably much more serious with John's health than John's letting on. Uh I wondered, and I want to. I'm anxious to maybe watch some of the later seasons to see if Rip continues to call him John throughout some of these seasons, because I don't remember oh, Rip calling him John. I, I remember thought. him still calling him Sir and Mister Dutton and and things like that. So yeah, maybe maybe that didn't stick for Rip. Still has a little bit of anxiousness, and no, 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 Sir. 
Yeah. But on that note, you can you can get to Avery if you'd like to. Well, I, I was I was really this is we're gonna have a little bit of a spoiler here, I think, for Avery. And if you know, it's not a huge detail, I don't think, from uh season this would be season four. Yeah, season four. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a huge detail, but if you just can't stand it, um skip ahead a few minutes. We put the time codes in the description section of the podcast for a reason. Uh, but Avery pops up here, and what happens is Rip goes to the strip club because he's specifically looking for her. He's not just looking for any old woman because he needs someone to sort of spy on Dan Jenkins and Thomas Rainwater to find out what they're planning. That works, and he brings that back to John Dutton. He also agrees to give Avery a job uh, on, in the ranch, and she comes into the bunkhouse, and she throws her stuff down and takes a bunk and people recognize her as a stripper at the strip club or an exotic dancer. And she immediately decides to break the awkwardness and takes her clothes off in front of them and then threatens them if they are ever caught staring at her too long. But then what's interesting to me is Casey walks in and I thought about that scene from season four, where we learned that a- Avery had long had a crush on Casey. Uh-huh. And at the time I was watching uh-huh. that on season four, I'm like, where did this come from? I don't remember Avery having, a crush on Casey. Lo and behold, when you watch this in season one, she has Gaga eyes. I mean, she is just drooling over herself in love. Taylor Sheridan planted that scene, seed, held on to it for three and a half years, and finally let it blossom for a small, tiny episode in season four. Right? I also thought that. I was like, oh, two things. Number one, I was like, oh, this is where the little love like you just said, you know, budded for Avery. But then second, she was the first female to be let into the bunkhouse. So it was like, she was the reason why the other girls were let in. And then the draw, like you just couldn't co co-ed just doesn't really work in that sense. If we've learned anything, you can try. Well, it works out for teeter. Yeah, but she's such a bro. In the most amazing way. But, like, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm mainly thinking Laramie and then who was uh, Jimmy's girlfriend? Um, oh, Grace. Oh, my gosh. What was her name? Emily. Nope. No, no that's – Emily's oh, his wife. Yeah. Okay, Ava? anyways, whatever. Amy? That's it. No, okay. that's not Well, this is – let's not waste our time trying to figure either. out the name. <laughs> but, okay, outside of – Avery seems so far like she's a little bit like a teeter. Uh, which I just realized I didn't even know how Teeter got to the ranch. So I'm actually really excited about that. But uh, she reminds me a little bit more of a Teeter. But, but like I said, it's still – it's just it, – we. this is an episode where we see like, okay, the dynamic of the bunkhouse is going to change. So keep an eye on Avery. Um, okay. She's a little bit of a don't worry about it because ultimately she doesn't really play that big of a, a role in the plot. But she's also the source of one of the bi- biggest loose ends, I think, mm-hmm. in Yellowstone history. Uh, and that's coming up in season two. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, mm, I don't know what loose end you're talking about. That would be why. Yeah. Nope, it's coming what up. What about, do, do we need to worry about Walker and Beth? I think that sets up a little bit of the tension between Walker and Rip, which was already existing. You know, Rip was already pretty suspicious of Walker, so it sets up that in some subtle ways. But I think maybe also what it does is it sort of further illustrates this sort of emotional breakdown that 
Beth is kind of quietly going through. And I don't think I realized this the first time I watched this, like the to the extent mm-hmm. to which she's having this transition throughout season one. Uh, we saw some really mm-hmm. sort of painful moments where she's in tears or she's really having this emotional catharsis. Uh, I think she even says she stopped drinking a- at one point during uh, season that. one. Like this is a real deal. Like she's really having sort of like this midlife crisis right in front of us throughout season one. And, you know, men may go get a perm and a Corvette. Beth kisses cowboys. That's her deal. A perm. <laughs> that was an interesting choice. But did did have you gotten a perm, Billy? Is no, not like me myself, but I think I think that was maybe a popular thing in like the eighties of men who okay. were like forty years old. I remember I my, like, my dad had a friend that got a perm uh, and a Corvette, actually. Wow. <laughs> okay. And then a, and then a divorce. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, well, on that note, Billy, <laughs> what else from, from episode nine? I feel like I've I've expressed my most noteworthy ones. Were there any noteworthy moments? For you, also I yeah, realized but, that whole sentence I did not breathe. Well, we should oh, we should okay, mention continue. briefly that I mean, about, about Casey moving back into the bunkhouse. We we talked about that, but Monica's sort of realization that she has made a poor decision. So, um, yeah, Grandpa Felix wheels her back to his house. Tate immediately starts breaking down along the fence line. Uh, her mm-hmm. grandmother or mother gets wheeled out, and she's obviously something of a vegetable and not totally with it. Um, Monica realizes that her life is taken a turn for the worse and i and i th- i'm led to believe that she's going to go looking for casey once again uh, to some degree i am too coming forward i am too i think that's all i have in terms of that <laughs> uh, <laughs> where where was i headed oh what can we expect? And actually, real quick, before we can, I kind of touch on what we can expect uh, because this is the end of episode, I mean, season one. So before we get into will there be a season two, just want to remind listeners or even viewers because this is also on YouTube. We can, we can, we do recap videos weekly as well as this podcast over on YouTube. So Always recommend subscribing and hitting that notifications bell because then you will know exactly when they come out so you're up to date. But also, as always, we greatly, greatly appreciate all the ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We definitely look at those and they they help. So also share it with a friend. I'm a big share. Share it to people who might be interested. Um, we just, we really appreciate y'all and it definitely does not go unnoticed. And staff at taste of dot. Uh, what words? State t- what? <laughs> taste staff at taste of country. Oh my god! Hit the reset button. <laughs> staff at tasteofcountry.com If you have any questions or comments or corrections, certainly we'll take those as well. If you have them, and we're <laughs> not ashamed to be wrong from time to time. Um, and we did get one thing right, though. Uh, we okay. both theorized that season two would follow season one that was not made official until just this last Friday. Finally, Yellowstone announced that season two is going to begin immediately. This Sunday, season two will begin and presumably run in a similar fashion like season one did on CBS. Uh, So we'll start to pick up on that. But I think also we're going to start to look at and talk about Bass Reeves as well. Uh, How much we spend, how much time we spend each episode talking about either of those kind of is TBD. We'll listen to your feedback and see where you're at um, Mm -hmm. in deciding that. 
but that'll definitely be a focus. I'm, I'm excited to have new content or, or new programming from this universe. Same. Same. Absolutely. And especially like we've talked about people who've seen Yellowstone, um, you know, they might not necessarily want to listen back about season one, but we have a whole other Taylor Sheridan universe thing to go down. So yeah, pumped about that. So um, Billy. Well, hold on. Next week, we have kind of a special episode that we're going to do. We're going to try to shoehorn in a little bit of a catch up on where the Yellowstone cast is yes. currently, uh, what they've been kind of up to, the actual actors and what they've been up to during yes. this strike downtime. One member started a coffee company. Um, mm-hmm. A couple have starred in some various movies. One person yeah. released a Same. country music album and is going to tour yes. and it's not Kevin Costner. And we'll kind of go from there. So we're going to hunt down the, the the goods on what everybody's been up to during during this time. I'm pumped. That, that'll be really fun. Yeah, you you love the stars. You fall in love. With, I mean, you fall in love with the actors and their characters that they play. And so it's fun to see, you know, what is what is a Rip Wheeler, a.k.a. Cole Hauser up to on a on a monthly basis with his actual family when he's, yeah. you know, not on the Dunn Ranch. So, yeah, I'm super pumped about that one for sure. Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Should we get into trivia? We've saved the best for last. And we didn't spoil the answer. I, to be honest, but I don't remember what their trivia question was. So, well, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about the <laughs> trivia question that I'm going to present this week. I didn't spoil the answer. Oh, okay, we'll see. cool. Um, cool. Okay, so last week's trivia question was: At the end of episode eight, the bunkhouse boys tell Jimmy that throwing his new cowboy hat on the bed is bad luck. Mm. What is the origin of that superstition? Yeah, what was it? Bed lice. The oh. idea. <laughs> <laughs> you you just your fa- <laughs> you couldn't have gone YouTube from sixty people, to zero. Any- <laughs> that was such a dad like boo. Yeah. I was expecting something different. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, don't get me wrong, cool, but <laughs> well, not bed lice. I guess hair lice is is more accurate. But the idea that the lice in your hat might get on your bed, um. Although now that I think about it, so would just lying your head on the pillow. But that's what the internet told me. So we're going to go with it. (laughs) Also, if you have lice, like there's a whole different issue that we need to be taking care of. Yeah, it's going to get out. I've never had knock on wood. I've never had lice, but you have to infumigate literally everything. So I'm sorry, that theory has some holes. That's bed bugs. That's bed bugs. You don't have lice as well. No, you just you just pick it off that person and anywhere else it gets. Baloney. I There's call n- no. You don't have to call the fumigation lice. service just because of no. head lice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying call the fumigation services, but what I'm saying is like you have to like trash bag all like the bedding and all that kind of stuff. No, that's bed bugs. You can do that with bed bugs. Staff at tasteofcountry.com if you want to fight with us. All no, right, I'm just... if you want to jump in on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Wait, right, who this won? week's all out Oh, I forgot about that. That's <laughs> yeah. the most important part. Congratulations <laughs> well, from John. John living in Indiana. Dutton? Uh, no, he didn't give a last name. <laughs> uh, John knew that, or at least he Googled the same thing as I did. Congratulations, John, on your fast Googling skills or your knowledge of either head lice or cowboy hats or horses. You are the big winner. Today is going to be, you are a pillar of your community, John. Your family, friends, and neighbors will follow you as you lead them through your own personal or bureaucratic battle. John, J-O-H-N, not one of those J-O-N guys who skips on the H. We don't trust those guys. Congratulations, John. You're a big winner. Thank you, John. Yeah. Congratulations. I still have some qualms about that, but the logistics. <laughs> but we'll save that for another day. As always, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Are you done? Oh, oh, Billy's raising his hand. Yes. This week's trivia question. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And you're really excited about it. Let's hear it. What is Avery's job at the Yellowstone? What was she hired to do? Not too hard, right? You probably knew it off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. You got to talk, Addison. <laughs> this is a podcast. Most people are listening. You so, can't just nod and grunt. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you <sound> uh, like... <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, I, I, I think I do, but I don't want to say it. No, So I'm just going, I'll just... I'll just think I'll just marinate on it until next All week right. and then I'll voice if I was correct or not. Drop it in the comment section of this video or staff at tasteofcountry.com if you would like to email it in the first person correct. We'll be next week's John and we'll give you a little love and we'll kind of go from there. This episode of the Dutton Rules Yellowstone podcast is another entertaining Square Media podcast. Thanks for listening. Entertaining? That's the best you got. Invigorating. I used that one before. You gotta find something better next week, guys. See y'all next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.